The Sunday School video today covers the story of baby Moses. You can find a link to that video in the description of this video below. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. To bear the burdens of this world. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please keep me strong through the trials. Help me hold on to hope through all the storms. Patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please help me to Christians are saints. And we looked at Ephesians chapter 3, where Paul talks about these great things that we as saints can experience the gospel. We can experience the gospel through experiencing God's grace and also making known to others the wisdom of God and how all the saints are living out this eternal purpose of God. We're going to kind of take a look at some of these things here this evening, but this time we're going to look at the saints. All of, all of the saints, really, in the sense of the past ones, the present ones, and also the ones that are in the future. And we're going to look at a few passages that, that speak about those different categories of the saints. Let's begin by looking at the saints of the past. Now, specifically, I will point this out. You know, there's kind of two different ways in which we talk about saints. In one way, we talk about saints in the sense of they're Christians. However, the Bible does occasionally talk about Old Testament 
followers of God being called saints as well. So I kind of grouped them in together. The reason why I grouped them in together is because I believe that going back to like this morning in Ephesians 3, we see that part of this plan of God, part of this purpose of God, part of the wisdom of God, if you will, was to be able to bring both the nation of Israel and all the other nations into his family. And so we kind of took notice of all of that. And, and I think that this is an inclusive thing. And it's all done by Jesus Christ and what he's done on the cross, that he died for the sins and, and he atoned for the sins of all those who have come before us and who were followers uh, of God, even though they might not have ever heard uh, of Jesus Christ himself because they lived before his time too. So, you know, in one sense, yes, saints, we, refer, we are referring to Christians. But in another sense, I believe it also encompasses all of those who are followers of God. And that's kind of how we're going to use it uh, for this video here. And we're going to look at the saints of the past from Hebrews chapter 11. Now, Hebrews chapter 11 is kind of known as faith's hall of fame, if you will. But whenever you look at the examples that are given in this chapter, you won't find any of them that come from the New Testament. All of them come only from the Old Testament. That's why I'm kind of, kind of using the term for saints, encompassing those in the Old Testament as well. In Hebrews chapter 11, this is how the chapter begins. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen is not made out of what is visible. And then in verse six, we also find out, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And if you keep reading in this chapter, you will find example after example about these great men and women of faith who demonstrated their faith and are faithful examples that we can learn from. They are wonderful lives of people uh, that, that we can look at and that we can imitate certain parts of their lives. Obviously, they're all just humans and, and they all have their problems too. I mean, if you wanna go through that list, you can, you can uh, most certainly find faults within them because they're human. But yet you can also find this wonderful example of faith. That, that's actually a great thing about faith is that having faith and having faith in God, it doesn't mean that you're perfect. No, you just have faith in the one who is perfect and the only one who is perfect. And that's God. It doesn't mean that you yourself have to be perfect. And we can learn that example from the saints of old, that they weren't perfect, but they were examples for us. We can learn from them. They were commended for this faith that they had. In fact, this chapter is full of examples like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Then we also see some, some other examples like Moses and Moses's family as well, you know, his parents. We also even see that Sarah is mentioned. Abraham's wife is mentioned in this passage, as well as Rahab and some of these other uh, women from the, the scriptures are brought out as examples of faith that we can learn from. So the saints of the past, we can most certainly learn from. But you know, there's also a little bit more uh, about this connection here. And if we keep reading, we'll, we'll find out that uh, a little bit more about the faith that they had in the Old Testament. If we look at verses 13 through 16, this is kind of a general statement that's made about all these examples of faith. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. 
People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So in this passage, this, this statement is made about all these examples of men and women of faith in this chapter, that they all were living by faith, even whenever they died. And they lived and they died, not even seeing the ultimate fulfillment of those, those promises. But I, I would suggest to you that we living in the, in the New Testament times, we have seen some of the fulfillments of those promises that were given to, to them in this chapter. And we are actually living this out. But perhaps I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself in talking about the saints of the present because we're still looking at the saints of the past. So the saints of the past, they lived and they died not really knowing the rest of the story, not knowing what was what was to come. You know, whenever we read the Bible, we can just kind of, you know, flip to the next page. But, you know, all these characters, whenever they were living these pages, so to speak, they couldn't just flip to the next page. They had to live out that next page. So, you know, to us, we can just see this story. But to them, they were, you know, living it. They were having to experience these things, and they didn't know how the story ended. We get a more complete picture. That doesn't mean we know everything, but we get a more complete picture. And we can see how even these people, how they lived and they died in that faith, knowing that they had this hope in God. Those are why we can look at these examples and learn from them about the faith that they had. And we can see the fulfillment, even though they themselves weren't really able to see that just yet. God prepared a place for them. And you know what? I guess I'm getting a little ahead of myself again. He's also prepared a place for us. But let's not get too too far uh, ahead of ourselves just yet. So now let's kind of take a look at the, the next group of saints together. The saints of the present. That would be you and me today. And for this, we're going to look a little bit at Hebrews 11, but then also into chapter 12, because there's there's kind of this, this great thing to, to notice about the connection between the saints of the past and the saints of the present. And that's also kind of part of why I'm going through some of these things uh, with us is to recognize there is this connection between the saints of the past, saints of the present, and the saints of the future as well. So let's look at this in Hebrews 11, verses 39 and 40, talking about all the examples that he's given. And, and some of these examples, he just kind of lists us a little bit. And he's like, we don't have enough time to look at these examples, but they're there and we can still learn from them. So in verse 39 and 40 of Hebrews 11, we read, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us they uh, would they be made perfect. This is where we see this wonderful, beautiful connection. This is part of the eternal purpose, this eternal plan that God has had that was acted out through Jesus Christ. But, you know, we see that we are connected in this. They lived and they died, not yet receiving what was promised. That's what verse 39 says. But then in verse 40, we see that God planned something better. Okay, what was that? What is that? You know, it's part of this is wrapped up in the connection that we have. We are the fulfillment of those promises given to them. And we also see that, that only together with us, that would be the saints of the present, only together with us, would those saints of the of the past also be made complete? You know, if 
if we look only in the present and we think that the past is just, you know, well, that, that's behind us, then we're missing out in valuable information for us. We need to learn from the saints of the past to be able to see how to live in the present. And we also see that there's this wonderful connection, this beautiful connection between the saints of the present and the saints of the past. But there's also a little bit more of a connection too that's mentioned in the next chapter. In Hebrews chapter 12, we kind of find out that we as saints today have a whole cheering section that's cheering us on. Look at this, Hebrews chapter 11 verses, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 12 verses one through three. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The way that it's mentioned is all the saints of the past are this cloud of witnesses around us, cheering us on, hoping for the best in our lives. And you know, one day, the saints of the present will join that crowd, uh, that cloud and crowd of witnesses, and we will be able to cheer on those in the future. Perhaps I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself into the next one, but this, I think, just kind of goes to show us that they're all connected. The saints of the past, the present, and the future, we are connected because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that we have to fix our eyes upon. He is the one through which this, this plan of God to redeem, uh, really what God wants is to redeem all of humanity. Now, we know that, that many people aren't going to make that decision, but for us as Christians, we've made that decision to follow God. We've made that decision to fix our eyes upon Jesus Christ and to learn from him to see him as the pioneer. He's the first one who went, and he is the perfecter of faith, of our faith, of his faith, of, of faith. And we need to see from his example as well. So the saints of the past are cheering on the saints of the present. The saints of the present, we need to be running this race, just like those of past have done, so that we can be examples for those who are going to be saints in the future. So now let's Take a moment to think about those saints in the future. Did you know that in John chapter 17, we actually have a prayer that Jesus himself prayed, and in that, he mentioned you. He mentioned me. Now, I know that sometimes we, we kind of talk about this, this moment that whenever Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was thinking of you, and he was thinking of me. And while I don't know that we can exactly state that while he was on the cross, he most certainly knew what he was doing. But in John chapter 17, I can guarantee you that he was thinking of you and he was thinking of me at that time. Because when you look at his prayer, you notice he was praying for us. He was praying for the saints of the future. Now, you know, that also includes us who are, I guess, technically from our perspective, we're the saints of the present. But he's also praying for the saints of the future. Now, what if that was part of our prayers too? You know, have you, have you kind of considered that? It was part of Jesus's prayer. Let's take a look at it together. John 17. Let's look at verses 20 through 23. Now, this is just kind of the last little bit of his prayer. 
But Jesus says uh, to our Heavenly Father, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So this prayer that Jesus prays in John 17, he says that his prayer is not for them alone. Talking about those disciples that were among him, it's not for just them. It's also for all that are going to believe through their message. You know that includes you. You know that includes me. All of us who are believers, all of us who are Christians, all of us who are saints, the saints who are in the future, even from, from our perspective, they're included in this prayer. Jesus was praying about those future generations. When's the last time that that's been part of your prayer? That you have actually prayed for the church that's going to be? You know, sometimes we kind of, we use this language and we talk about how children who are in the growing up in the church right now, you know, they're they're the church of tomorrow. But I, I kind of understand what that means. But at the same time, we need to be careful with that because they're not just the church of tomorrow. You know, they're also growing up among us right now and they're they're with us today. But yes, they, they will one day be the church of the future as well. So, you know, we, we need to be aware of, of both what we mean by that statement, but also how it's taken. Uh, by those children. Let's not kind of consider them outsiders even whenever they are among us. You know, we need to make sure that we that we recognize that, that they are a part of us as well. But here, uh, what we do see is that Jesus is praying for all of those who are going to believe in this message in the future. That means he was praying for you. He was praying for me. I think it only makes sense for us to pray for the next generation and the generation after that until Lord uh, our Lord Jesus returns. That can be part of our prayers. But you know, there's also just a little bit more of this prayer that I want us to, to see that, that Jesus talks about, uh, about those saints in the future. And he kind of continues the thought over just a little bit more. Verses 24 through 26 now. Jesus still praying. He says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. What does Jesus pray for the saints of the future? Well, he prays that they might have unity. That's what we looked at in the last slide. And in this slide, we see that he is praying that, that we might know the Father, that we might be in the Father, recognize this glory, recognize this love that exists there. And that we will, he will carry this on into the next generation and the next one and the next one. That's what it means to be saints of the future. We need to be people who, who are planning for the church to continue on even after we have already gone. It's our job to keep spreading this news, for more people to be brought into the fold, for more people to be called Christian, for more people to be called saints. So I hope that these passages that we've looked at have kind of shown us all that 
The saints of the past, the present, and the future are all closely connected because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's do these things that Jesus prayed. You know, we can actually help fulfill some of these things that Jesus prayed for if we just live them out. Let's do that together. Lord, I would be Just be.